you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is floating on a dark lake. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, what is up, boys? Big day. You know, last day we uh, we see the Texas backdrop for you, and the first day we welcome in Brian Baldinger to the show. So, I mean, what, what, it's a big show. It's a big show, frankly. I, I really I mean, like to uh, allow Greg to make the opening comment because it's a total dice roll on how it's going to go, and um, I thought you did a nice job there, Greg. I myself would not want the responsibility. We definitely miss uh, Chris Wessling increasingly. We definitely have had Baldy on our show in some capacity. Now, whether oh. it's been on the, the yeah. podcast, okay, my fault. Uh, I our don't Twitter know, show, we, actually. He, he appeared on our Twitter show, and um, and it was actually a Chris Wesleyan kind of run segment where he broke down some film with us, to some degree. So, Greg, do you want to take a second shot? No, I mean uh, this is the podcast. <laughs> those shows, those are blasted off into the sun. I don't know if he's been on our podcast. I don't think so because uh, I just feel like I would remember him in the studio, and we almost right. never did the. You would definitely the remember, Greg. There's no <laughs> a little bit, no question. <laughs> Guy's got a memory of a goldfish. All right, and just a just a little bit of uh, internal housekeeping here, Mark Sessler. You are not allowed. To opt out of this podcast, doctor's note or no, you're here. I mean, if you were to, yeah, I mean, what is our equivalent of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars off like a star NFL's contract? Twenty six bucks or something? I don't, I don't. <laughs> there's no option to not be here. I am here. Here I am. It's actually a good question. Let's say I'm just going to throw a random number out there. Uh, I mean, we're making could, close to league minimum, I would imagine. So you'd have, you're not maybe the star player comparison doesn't work. I wish. You opt 
Yeah, that would be awesome. Our uh, league minimum op- in our industry, oh, not their, our, our industry's league. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> if I gave you, Mark, 25 grand as an opt-out stipend, would you take it? For the entire year? And you just, yeah, just get... Yes, I would, I, I would take it and immediately um, somehow... Uh, retroactively put it all into Kodak stock and just sort of fly into the skies. <laughs> little stock, Kodak? little stocky. Well, right there. I love it. Some nefarious from stuff going on. Some nefarious stuff going on with it's uh, newsy. It's Kodak, great. So. It's uh, it's really showing um, the full breadth of the Sessler knowledge. I love it. Yeah, too much also, time on Twitter middle school. Also, um, weird because Wes obviously down right now. He's in the process of fighting the big C for a second time, you would be down to leave Greg and I alone on the show for mm. your little Kodak financial gambit. I think it's, you know what I would compare it to, and I'm different than you guys a little bit. It's kind of like when um, you suddenly have the house to yourself uh, for like a day, and it's awesome for a day, but then it's a little bit less appealing. I think the opt-out would be an incredible freeing experience, and then I'd be missing... Hmm. Uh, this and you guys soon after. So it's probably, you know, if if I had any advisors, they should advise not to do it. Plus that like that 150K or whatever it would translate to in our world. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just a loan. They're not making, you know, they're basically not they're not getting paid. They just get, you know, part of next year's salary fronted, you know, for them. I mean, that that that's not you're not playing the game well, you know, with that. I mean, Sessler can dig for up Sessler, a, 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 a dot. If Sessler can dig up a doctor's note for one of his maladies over the years, he would be able to get the money at a we higher level up. and not have to pay it back. Yeah, I think that's, anyway. that's fair. That's fair. I think we're we, definitely, we, I would we say, how many years are we until like the, the Mark Sessler insurance scam related with the NFL? There, there have been some of those with employees you guys knew well back in the day at the NFL, but I feel like six, seven years away from that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you guys can keep pinning all these things on me, and I, I will allow it today. Uh, today alone. Yes, Brian Baldinger is joining the Around the NFL podcast for perhaps the first time, but not the first time we've spoken with him. And we do know enough as fans of our league that he is as good as it gets when it comes to tape dogging. With all due respect to the great Chris Wessling, Baldy does it at a level that um, he's turned into a cottage industry for himself with Baldy's breakdowns and all that. So we're happy to have him on today's show, and we're going to break down, uh, kind of just chop it up with Baldy a little bit. Not necessarily tape breakdowns, but just where he's at in the league and where he's at right now in this very strange time in human history. Uh, but before we do that, yes, let's do some news. Now that was Rob Gronkowski strumming an acoustic guitar, singing the lyrics, Now I'm a buck, hopefully I don't suck. It's about right. <laughs> that clip was perfect. It was like the exact amount of time that Rob Gronkowski like stays funny for. It's like for about eight <laughs> for about eight seconds, you're like, oh, yeah, Gronk's funny. And then you're like, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I also found interest in that clip a little bit when I saw it and I clicked it and he's holding the guitar and I'm thinking, wow, you know, still waters run deep. Maybe there's a little depth to this guy. He knows how to play guitar. People always, you know, portraying him as this like lunkhead. Well, no, he's just hitting it like a preschooler. There's no, <laughs> not, not there's the no fingers on. 
uh, chords. You know, he's just strumming along like my uh, three-year-old would. He has as much guitar skill as Harrison Hanses, basically. Well, he is not Old allowed Harry to Bush. also be a great guitar player, so I, I'm sort of satisfied to see that he that he not only mildly sucks, but outright um, lacks skills. Rob Gronkowski jumped ship from the New England Patriots, and now other people are joining him, albeit in a much different scenario. Uh, this is the big news that came down in the NFL on Tuesday. Donta Hightower, the star linebacker, opted out of the 2020 NFL season because of the coronavirus pandemic. And he wasn't alone. Six players overall for the Pats opt out, a group that includes starting right tackle Marcus Cannon, starting safety Patrick Chung, reserve running back Brandon Bolden, fullback Danny Vitale, Vitale and reserve center slash guard Nahi Tehran. Uh Hightower, though, obviously is the big name on top of this list. And, Greg, you're being a, a real trooper right now. You're not showing any signs of uh, anger or worry. But we got bigger problems team, in the world. We ha- This is a team that lost Jamie Collins in the offseason, uh, Kyle Van Noy, and now you lose the heartbeat of the center of the defense. What are the Patriots and Bill Belichick going to do here? Well, the losing Hightower – is is significant losing him and cannon are really the ones that i i'd be focused on cannon who who's been injured quite a bit in his career and you know missed times because of non-hodgkin's lymphoma which is which is one of the reasons he actually is one of the medical issue opt-outs which are a little different you get paid uh, a different sum and he's one of the few actually that's um declared as a medical opt-out donta hightower and patrick chung was was the voluntary opt-out and if you were going to pick one guy in the Patriots who's like Mr. Patriot, who's Bill Belichick's guy more than anyone, it's Hightower. I mean, he is the leader of that group, and he's so versatile in terms of his intelligence, not only as an inside linebacker, but he could also play on the edge where you know they're very thin in terms of a blitzer, and he keeps people in place. I mean, he is the Patriots' defense to me. Devin McCourty's the other guy I would put there as Mr. Patriot, and maybe it's Julian Edelman next. And you know who's after that? It's probably Patrick Chung. I mean, Belichick loves Patrick Chung. I, I haven't quite understood the fascination the last year or two. He's certainly on the decline. They drafted a player at his position. They're pretty deep at safety, but Hightower at linebacker and then Cannon, who's been a very good right tackle, and that I was been talking about should be a strength for them on the offensive line. Those are massive losses. Those are two of the highest paid players on the team. And so, you know, they're getting hit more, and it doesn't look like there's a ton of more opt-outs coming, at least not right now. Um, they they got hit more than any team in the league by far. I mean, <clears throat> the snaps they've lost on defense is significant. And I know that it's, you know, I myself look at the Patriots and no matter what uh, befalls them in the offseason, I just ticket them for 12 and 4. Uh, this is a legit concern because it's more the kind of thing that they probably will um, find a way to navigate the regular season better than most. And, and from a positive note, you could say, I, I mean, it's opened up, um, cap room for them, which they definitely needed, and they can make a few moves. For what? If, what are they going to do? Sign well, Clowney? I'm not saying Clowney, but the Maybe. idea that they you're, could. They, I mean, they have they, there are veterans. Antonio Brown's be, out there. <laughs> right. There are veterans out there that can fill holes. I mean, it's not a great situation, but I mean, you know, to your point, he calls Hightower Mister February. I mean, I don't know if they win some of those Super Bowls. I don't think they do without no. Hightower no. playing the way he did. So, you know, it's a key piece gone. Um, but the reasoning behind 
what Hightower did and what Chung did, and they both have, you know, uh, newborns in their house. Um, this is the real-life scenarios we're dealing with this situation. But I'm with you. I feel like yesterday the, there was a flood, and there was maybe a little bit of sense of dread or panic that there could be a lot more. And today, so far, when we as of when we're taping, it is quiet. Well, the, the opt-outs made sense on Tuesday because that was the first day of training camp for everyone. So it right. was like a soft deadline. Now, the actual hard deadline is only – is a week after the players actually signed the CBA, and they haven't done it. So they still haven't signed it. And this particular part of the CBA, I guess, is what they're still talking about a little, just in terms of figuring out the language. So players technically have at least a week more to opt out. But you would think the majority of them have already happened because that's when you're going to do it before you start showing up for work. I wonder how many, if any, players opted out and the Patriots had the most players, but there were many more uh, guys like Eddie Goldman, Star Lutalelli, uh, Devin Funches, Marquise Goodwin, uh, and the list goes on, uh, were affected by what happened in Major League Baseball, where the count for the Miami Marlins now is in the high teens uh, as an outbreak, a legit outbreak within their clubhouse, um, shut down the Marlins for an entire week of action, and MLB is scrambling and changing up their schedule and it was the um, proof to some that the idea of trying to hold a professional sports season outside the quote-unquote bubble which the MLB is trying to do which the NFL is that's the model NFL is trying to do I wonder if that affected it at all because yes the start of training camp it was a a neat lineup to where guys would start to opt out but it also came a day after Major League Baseball basically went on fire I'm sure it gave some people pause, but I mean, if you look at, for instance, why Marquise Goodwin did it, um, it was very much a family situation. His wife has been through three miscarriages, and he basically said, you know, I put football first for years and years. I'm finally going to put my family first. I, I was some of the other, I, you know, there is definitely body mass index, um, uh, a, a trace between a number of these guys. Eddie Goldman is a big dude. Star Lutalele is a big dude. I Goldman, mean, one of the best players on that defense. Absolutely. But I mean, well, I, these losses are real. I think that, you know, Star Lutalele is not um, necessarily playing the way of his uh, first name at this point in his career, but he's, he was an important signing nice, to them. They, had, they have depth there. Funchess, <laughs> Funchess, losing Funchess for the Packers, I think, um, you know, we'll get into probably some of the stuff maybe Aaron Rodgers talked about, but they were all <laughs> ticketed to draft a wideout. You went and got Funchess, and now it's nearly August, and you've lost a guy who was ticketed as a starter in certain sets. And, and for the most that should part, help. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. No, I was saying that could help Alan Lazard have a bigger role on that offense. But before uh, Wes uh, went down, uh, we talked about Funches as a potential breakout guy for the Packers this year. Yeah, and he's a guy who made a lot of money from the Colts last year. He 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 got that second contract, even though it was one, one year. You know, that was ten million dollars he got from the Colts, and I think that that's a through line too. For some of these guys. Now, Eddie Goldman maybe is an exception, but Michael Pierce is a, is a player from Minnesota. Uh, they really expected, uh, you know, to be a, a factor for them, and he's gotten paid before. And you look at Chung and Hightower, you know, it is sort of heartening. I mean, you, you, you obviously respect the decision the guys are making, but I don't know. There is part of me, it is sort of heartening to see someone make a decision that isn't about money. We're, we're just so, and I'm I'm guilty of this more than anyone who's always talking about the fi- the bottom line for these guys. And and they they are making a decision that's not about money. They are saying, we, we just 
value things a little differently this year. Hightower's made a lot of money in his career, but he was going to make $8 million guaranteed this year, you know? And Patrick well, I, Chung, is he ever going to, like, is Chung going to make this team in in 2021? Maybe, maybe not. He knows that. Um, he's passing up, he's passing up that money. So it's, it's like putting your, you know, it's putting your heart where, where you know, it's the, saying I, I value you, something Greg. more importantly. I agree with you, and I think that, you know, I, all this stuff about the Patriots, you know, but Belichick trying to dial up a, a tank job is absurd. They just don't operate <laughs> that way. But it is fair to say that with New England, there might have been um, a bit of a different complexion for certain veteran players who have basically been through everything you could ask for in an NFL career. Right. A guy like Hightower, and the money is still there next year for him if, if that happens, and if it doesn't, he'll be fine. I think there are probably a lot of stories we won't hear about of certain players in a certain financial bracket, or um, if you're a young quarterback and you f- you fear never really you know materializing again, you know you don't want to be uh, upstaged or a lot of these guys for you don't opt out and you have family reasons and you have good reasons and they're not doing it, they're just going to roll into it. I think there's a lot of people that are not making that choice. I I absolutely uh, feel the same way, uh, Greg, with what you said about you know the players kind of going away from money which is heartening um it also tells you how scary this all is that players feel that is the best decision to give up eight million dollars because you don't feel like you can be safe that your family can be safe do you think do you think hmm i don't want this to come off as insensitive or silly but do you think if Tom Brady is still the quarterback in New England, there's the same n- yes, number of opt-outs? Absolutely. I don't. I. I also think. Well, first of all, you have to break down each one. Um, you know, Cannon had had cancer, and so he's he's sort of in his own. You know, he's at a really high risk, um, and he, he's had health problems even since then. He's at a recurrence, so he he's one guy. Chung and Hightower, I think, really does speak. Um, to people who have done it before, have made a lot of money. And and I, I guess the key I am thinking about with all these guys, you don't really know. Like, they're, they're saying a statement, okay, and, and Chung did speak on CBS and talked about the people around him. But even then, that's what they're presenting publicly. This is a very private medical thing to talk about. And so, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these players have their own reasons. And I I think if they're if they feel that strongly, I don't think, like, having a chance to go win another ship is going to is gonna be the reason that they play. But, but, but I guess you never know. <laughs> I mean, from a league-wide angle, if the opt-outs, and, you know, I'm sure we'll get a few more, but if they were to pause here, the vast majority paused here, it is an incredibly small percentage of players. I mean, it's right. basically it, the equal of had you had a real training camp, you would have lost far more players to injury and soft tissue maladies and all this other stuff. I mean, it, the number... We do have one have more significant people. one. We do have one more significant one just, just dropped. Hit hit the breaking news, Ricky. Nate Solder, uh, a former Patriot, is opting out of the 2020 wow. season. Was a disappointing signing for them, but still was on the books there uh, to be their left tackle or right tackle, but potentially. They drafted Andrew Thomas, but they also drafted a third rounder named Matt Pert, I think, who, who in theory Solder was going to battle with, but it was probably his job. He was making a lot of money, was one of the highest yeah, paid that is... players in the league. And he's sitting out, and he's someone who his son has had, um, you know, an incredibly tough uh, life with a lot of heart surgeries and things like that. And I, I don't know what the reasoning right now behind it but that that immediately came to mind wow so soldiers out and um yeah he's when he signed with the giants a couple of years ago i think it was the biggest 
offensive lineman contract in the league, and he has been a huge bust for them. But still, that that affects them. That's a big loss for the Giants potentially. Um, I guess I'm the only other shoe I'm waiting for to drop here that would take this to another level is what happens if a quarterback does it. Is that something we'll see, like a star quarterback? Or is there is there going to be someone at a higher level? And if that happens, would there be a potential domino? I think that's the one part of this angle right now. I'm waiting to see how it plays out. That's I, I that's sort of what I was pointing at before. That I think that there is some there. It's not equal with every position. You know, there was there were rumors that bubbled up to the point where NFL Network had to address them yesterday about the the idea that Nick Foles was someone that was going to drop out. I mean, it came from a weird place and it never happened. But isn't there way more pressure on a starting quarterback to just put football first and not even consider the idea of walking away from your team <laughs> yeah. than a defensive lineman? I just think there is from a PR standpoint, everything. Right. It would take it affect everything on your team. Right. It, it would Every. take a different level. And and this is probably unfair too, but when I saw that Donovan Smith, the Bucks left tackle, showed up to you know work and he's not gonna opt out and he had talked about possibly doing it. I mean, I just I just wondered is Brady is Brady texting with him, you know, and maybe he's texting with him in a, in a pot in a way that's like, hey, man, I respect whatever you do. But whatever it is, I don't know. You know, you do wonder it, what kind of if there's any internal pressure within. Well, teams. it's different that if Blaine Gabbert were the right. starter in place at this point, I, I, think I wouldn't. Brady seems to have been ignoring or, this from or, wire to wire or Cam Newton and Jared Stidham up there. It's right, a little different up there. You, I, you I, I wouldn't be pressure. surprised. Right. And I would expect that if Belichick has spoken with these guys. He seems like one of the first people to be like, make the decision for your family, like, first. I know that sounds counterintuitive, you know, coming from him. He's like, make the decision. You're going to be comfortable first. And, and they obviously felt comfortable doing that. They, they've put, <laughs> they put the time in. In other COVID-19 related news, 32 players have been placed on the NFL's COVID list uh, ahead of the start of training camp, including two first-round picks, Justin Jefferson and Isaiah Wilson, both players on the COVID-19 list. Uh, there's all sorts of, obviously, hoops to get through. you got to make sure they're healthy. Then they have to do multiple tests to prove uh, that they have the necessary antibodies and they're not testing positive for COVID-19. It's a, it's a setback for those guys, and there will be more. There will be, be way, more. way more. That's it. To me, that number was, was interesting. First of all, the, the COVID list is interesting. You're not going to know unless the players tell us um, – who had it or not because the COVID list is, is whoever tested positive for, you know, for COVID-19. And if you were around someone in the last X amount of days who had tested positive. And so the NFLPA is actually sending out numbers. It was only 21 players who did test positive since the start of camp. Uh, but 30 people are on that list. So, you know, do, do the math. Some of them were just like around other people. You don't know who's who, but that's just the first round of testing, which was just quarterbacks and rookies last week. Uh, in theory, you know, that leaves about 85% of the league who still we don't know their test results. And so, I don't know, you would expect that number if, if, if about 30 of the rookies and, and other players got on there, you would expect that number to, to double or, you know, or, or even more uh, in the next handful of days. Yeah, and I think the variable, and you hear it more from veteran players than maybe really coaches are saying at this point, because why go on record deeply about it? But 
that this requires intense cooperation. Um, individually, making individual choices on what you're doing when people can't see you. That's great at the facility that everyone's behind plexiglass and distancing, but then you're away from the facility for large chunks of time. And we see players get in trouble and do things they shouldn't be doing almost weekly, if not more than that. So I just think the doorway is open to chaos unless one team really... I would honestly say take your team... And if you want to win the Super Bowl, everyone get into one hotel and don't leave it for the whole year. You're going to have far fewer issues. But, uh, you know, that's, Sounds that's fun. just my absurd. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not going to be fun, though. Your, your guy, Sam Darnold, admitted he was going to be the most boring person around this, uh, this year because he doesn't want to take any risks. Yeah, and that's going to be a huge challenge. We talked about that on Monday's show, that, yeah, not making any excuses for them, but just asking these young men, Rich have the world at their feet to stay isolated, stay inside for the greater good of their team, for their families, for for the league itself. Well, there's going to be temptation. We're going to see how it plays out. Let's stick a pin in COVID nineteen talk for a while. Okay, till Friday. <laughs> yeah, so let's just wait till like mid September. I'm with you, Dan. You know, Why not? the Chargers and defensive end Joey Bosa have reached agreement on an extension. Five years, $135 million is the report out there. Keeps Bosa with the Chargers for the next six seasons. That deal reportedly includes $78 million guaranteed at signing and $102 million guaranteed. That's a record for a defensive player um, breaking your boy, Mark Sessel, Miles My- Garrett, who just got that big deal from the Browns a couple weeks back. It is huge money. Does he deserve to get paid at that level, Greg Rosenthal? Yeah. I. It's funny because Nick Bosa came in and he was pretty flashy. It's like Joey Bosa is still better. I mean, Joey Bosa last season is is one of the you know three or four best defensive players in the league. He's such a freak. Uh, they've seen him enough. He had the injuries a little bit early. He had the contract holdout. Uh, I just think if you're going to invest, invest in a guy like him, like just at entering his prime they they know him well. They know he works hard. All that all that stuff. Working hard's great. Being Joe, Joey Bosi freakishly talented is greater, you know. And he's he's proven that. I know he doesn't like get the attention that that some other big time players are. But I think if if you were holding like an NFL wide draft and uh, like you have to take him by position and you're doing pass rushers, I mean, I think most GMs would have him. In their top two, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like he might, he might be the guy that they would say. I, if I have to start a franchise with one pass rusher, he might be it. Yeah, I think it was a no-brainer signing, and I, you know, I, immediately it's compared to maybe the way the Jamal Adams situation was treated in the positions they play. This, there were no, there was no factor to not make this happen with with someone that they've grown in house. I think Tom Telesco's added a lot of talent to that defense. You know, one little, and I, I'm not bringing up a Corona thing, but I will say something that I found hopeful. If you go back and look at what Bosa did as a rookie, he comes rolling in, missing the first four games. He appears in week five, everyone wondering what he'd be like. Two sacks, totally right. dominant uh, right away. It kind of shows you that maybe a lot of these guys are going to be, they'll still find a way to thrive at certain positions. He has nine games with two plus sacks in his career. Um, I, you know, I, I think you can look at the injury situation as a little concerning. He's, he's missed 13 games. Um, you know, Clowney gets killed for that all the time. Clowney's missed six games over four years, over, over the past four years. But um, no brainer. What are you doing if you don't re-sign him? Cornerback, 
left tackle, edge rusher, cornerback. These are quarterback. These are the premium positions that get the absurd a hundred million plus guaranteed uh, type contracts. Bosa's not even twenty five yet. He turns twenty five this month. He's averaged almost a sack a game since he entered the league. He, he's a total stud, and um, he's getting quarter, only quarterback a, money. Quarterback money. Yeah, if only he if only he played in a bigger market, like people would pay attention to him more. You know, if only. Yeah, their market right. arguably shrunk somehow. I don't know. It's not what you I don't think know moving what's going to I have no idea what's going what's going to happen with the Chargers in L.A. But uh, that effectively everything with that gets the pause button gets pushed, which I'm sure Chargers management is like, all right, that's not the worst thing to happen uh, this season. Uh, nobody's going to be talking about how nobody's in that building watching Chargers games because nobody's going to be any in any building uh, across the league for the most part. Uh, in other news, the Titans they use free agency to sign Vic Beasley uh, to give them. You know, increased pass rush, but here's an issue. Beasley did not show up to the team facility uh, with the rest of the veteran players to begin the COVID-19 screening. So the Titans then place him on the reserve do not report list and no reason was given for Beasley's absence yesterday. Greg, was there anything new on this? No, I did see our old. What's going on here? I did. No one knows. No one. I think I think there's going to be some holes in reporting in general compared to most years. It's like you're not going to be able to have any reporters at practices like the contact between the teams and the all the reporters are at home. So you might not get the story sometimes. I did see our uh, Mark, one of Mark's best friend, really his mentor, uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter. Um, tweet, tweeted something and, it, and he was just speculating but he said the reason Be- Beasley couldn't get any trade interest at the at the deadline last year when the Falcons were trying to trade him is that the word around the team was that he didn't really you know love football that much that he seemed like a guy that oh, maybe could take it or leave it and so I don't know D. Orlando Ledbetter who covered him for four year, five years was putting that and putting some context I doubt he would just put that out there without having some feel of the situation so that that's the only context i have on that i mean it it is odd because they said that he was present and available and you know around for every zoom meeting they did um obviously easier then he doesn't show up it feels like a very ripe scenario and i don't know what this individual is up to but frank signetti has not been on any sort of a real Ooh. nfl case of late but <laughs> something of a player Signetti. he's got a lot of money attached to him. he's a prime position and he's gone AWOL. I mean, that's a perfect place for a league-mandated PI to step in and, you know, gumshoe his way to a, uh, an answer here. I, I, that would when be my Frank directive. When Frank Signetti shows up, crime hits the bricks. You know, Frank Signetti, uh, you know, a big part of this podcast. What was he? You liked him when he was the Rams offensive coordinator, I believe. But he's bounced around as a quarterback. Yeah. You know, according to his wiki page, that couldn't be wrong, doesn't seem like he has a gig right now. Had one last year, so... Well, he was always he's moonlighting. Some, he's got some time. He's got some right. time the, to look for I mean, for the PI thing was always happening kind of off the clock, right? You know, getting pulled into a case and, and oh. more um, obsessed with it. He, but he just has more time to do what he's naturally gifted at, more so than being yeah, Frank, an offensive coordinator. You could scrub your own wiki, and you know Frank is scrubbing the PI element of that off the wiki because he's working a case oh, right yeah. now. He's working a job. And that That's takes it. focus, and it takes a level of... Uh, under the radar living. Oh, he, you know what? He, he's actually at Boston College as sure the coordinator. Is. It was not in the NFL, but gotcha. he is at Boston College. Yeah, he's in Boston. He's doing a lot of Boston. College. I mean, you, hey, that? if you're working in college football, you're probably going to have a lot of time this fall too. I right. would say uh, 
connect some dots. Uh, right. If you want to do a little Google search, Boston College up there outside Boston. Um, what time? Newton. If there's any missing pe- persons in Newton, Massachusetts. Got, it's a good chance that Frank Signetti is on the job. <laughs> Speaking of D-led, Mark, um, not to keep up bringing up COVID, but listen, it's insidious, as we've talked about. Another bummer, you had a uh, press pause on that Carnival Cruise to Nova Scotia that you and the D-leds were going to go on together. The <laughs> Sessler D-led Carnival Cruise trip together. Yeah, I see, I see no evidence that my um, admiration for him goes in the other direction, so I, I didn't hear about that trip personally. <laughs> He may be going. He didn't invite me. In other news, our friend Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football has a new gig. I guess he's moonlighting with The Ringer, and he has a program called 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. And uh, the premiere episode, he starts with a bang because it's Aaron Rodgers, star quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Really uh, some good stuff. Rodgers was very open uh, with Kyle on a number of topics, including – what's going on uh, with his future in Green Bay and Jordan Love, the surprise first-round pick uh, in Wisconsin. And uh, I'm going to play two clips for you boys. The first one is Rogers kind of throwing some cold water on people talking about the cyclical nature of life, how what happened with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers as a rookie was similar to what happened now with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Here's what Rodgers had to say. You know, in 2004... Uh, the Packers were uh, ten and six and lost in the first round of the playoffs. We were thirteen and three, and you know, one game from the Super Bowl, won a playoff game at home. Obviously, won our division. A little different uh, circumstance. Not to mention that Brett had talked about retiring for a few years before that. So, you know, I don't. And I've talked about playing in my forties. So, I, you know, the, when people start talking about the parallels to this and that, well, I, you know, I fell at twenty-four. Um, they traded up and, and drafted um, drafted Jordan. And Rodgers also, by the way, Rodgers said when the, the pick happened, he was tracking the draft board and different wide receivers that he liked. And then when Jordan Love's name was called uh, by Roger Goodell, he poured himself four fingers of tequila because he knew the firestorm that was headed his way. He was also... <laughs> Uh, talk, very open about what this means for his future and the possibility, really the probability, that he'll end his career elsewhere. I think that's probably what happens, uh, you know, based on, you know, just the circumstances around everything. You know, you look at, uh, just look at the facts. You know, they traded up, they drafted him. I would say they they like him, they, they want to play him. And I get it, I really do. Like, I, I don't harbor any ill will about it. Like, was I bummed out? Of course, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wanted to play my entire career in Green Bay. Past tense. I wanted to play my entire career in Green Bay. It seems like a man who's still processing it all. You know, it was like it was like talking to someone who's in the middle of, you know, knowing maybe the relationship's going to end and is putting on a tough front a little bit. But it's still it's still a little fresh. Like he started with the like kind of very cool and calm and, and the whole thing is calm but without Kyle even sort of you know asking another question Aaron starts Aaron Rodgers immediately starts bringing up all those differences between his situation and Favre like he has taken note of the differences that right. they are not the same situation and when he says he'll probably you know be playing else or whatever I I don't know I, I you just see this little fire inside of him that's like 
I don't know if he really believes that. I think in his heart of hearts, he believes he's going to light up this, uh, light up the field so much that they're not going to have a choice but to ever get rid of him. <laughs> right. I mean, that the story is far from over, but I think that Kyle asked the question in a good way. He basically yeah. said, A, are we going to move on from Aaron Rodgers if you're the Packers, or do you just have a first-round pick that you traded up for sit on the bench and not be used for four more seasons as, as you know Aaron Rodgers has said he wants to play into his 40s? And that's where he kind of came to the conclusion again that, yeah, I just don't see that happening. I mean, you, it's it's the former that they probably move on from Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, he's sort of hinted at that before. But um, if that's in your mind as a quarterback, as a starting quarterback in the franch- the face of your franchise, I, that's got to be a distraction no matter what you say. Right? I mean, it's got to be something sitting in there in your head. They brought in someone who looks like a potential replacement. He's not a six-rounder. He's not even like Jimmy Garoppolo when they brought him in. It had nothing to do with replacing Tom Brady at that point. And let's face it, the way this our league is, when you have a first-round rookie on his first deal, every year keep him on the bench, you're wasting away you know, golden years in terms of cap flexibility and ability to get a champion on the field. Uh, with a cheap quarterback, I just to me it feels like a fifty-fifty shot at this point that this is Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. Mm. I mean, the financials and, are tricky though to move him even after this season to some. Yeah, degree. but I don't know. You can I work mean, that out though. They could probably find a way, I would guess, because right. what are you going to do? What's your other move? Either bench Aaron Rodgers in twenty twenty-one or keep Jordan Love, a first-round pick, on the bench until his third season. Well, that just doesn't happen. Anymore. It do- it doesn't. But but there's a couple factors. One, you know, Love's not going to get the build up to his rookie season that you know the Packers would have liked I mean I think about Aaron Rodgers' build up and this is back when we were we were overly eager to like you know evaluate OTAs and mini camps but like Aaron Rodgers was terrible you know he was like infamously terrible in the offseason and he started camp bad and everyone in Green Bay is like Craig Nall is better than this guy you know, Craig Knoll is, right. you know, and the odds on Jordan Love who was very raw to put it mildly coming out of college like looking like a world beater right away is pretty long. Like, I don't know if he's going to be the backup. It might be Tim Tim Boyle. I, and who knows? Jordan Love might never be that great. I mean, that's the thing. Like, drafting a guy in the first round is easy. Him, him being anywhere close to where Aaron Rodgers was uh, after a few years in the NFL, good luck with that. I mean, he right, might never be that good. It, it's When I see that, you know, barring a regime change, the front office went out of the way to trade up for him. Right. When front offices do that, they want to see a return on investment and they want to see the player. And how many guys have been labeled as raw and red shirt and projects and then a year later they're stars? I mean, I could give you 15 of them. All right, let's hear. Well, I'll put it in a written piece and send it your way. <laughs> I don't have time for it right now. <laughs> Called him on his bluff. He had no answer. Well, you know what? There were people saying, well, I'm not sure Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no, I mean, right. Even Mahomes was spoken about that way. You know, Mahomes. Deshaun Watson, everyone. Josh, you know, it's, two. It, Josh Allen. Well, I've teased my article. I've given you two of my 15, so that's how you do it. Finally in the news, John Lynch. Oh, what a success it's been in San Francisco. The general manager who was hired without any front office experience back in January of 2017. He's turned that organization into one of the top teams in the league, and they rewarded him for it with a new contract extension. Mike Garofolo reported it's a multi-year deal. We'll keep him in charge of the team through 2024. Good job by you. And Mr. Lynch and good job by the Niners for uh, thinking outside the box, which not enough teams do. Let's face it. Mm. 
and for almost letting your coach, who is all you know, deciding pretty much right away when you hire Chanham, he's the key guy. Now let's find someone that works with him. You know, every you, every situation's a little different. I don't think you can expect that out of each. Um, but Shanahan's still the key guy, and I think Lynch is there to like execute his vision. It's a way in which Kyle Shanahan is already better than Mike Shanahan because Mike Shanahan to me was is one of the best coaches of all time, and he ruined it by always being infighting with his want with his would be general managers, and he was always fighting for power, and it was always a distraction, and he wasn't good at the GM part of it either. And Kyle Kyle and John Lynch seem like they work great together, and it reminds me of Pete Carroll and Schneider. Because Pete Carroll's the key guy, and Schneider's the one, okay, executing what, what Pete Carroll wants to do. It's similar in San Francisco. Yeah, I like the way you put that. And, I, and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan learned you know, infinite amounts from experiencing what his dad went through. Uh, and their demeanors are a little bit different. But you know, it, was, it was a year ago that, that you know, people were wondering, is John Lynch on the hot seat? Is Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat? And it shows you how much can change in a year, but they always were... Um, well-matched and married together, and the best teams do that, and it's incredible how many teams in sports struggle to do that, and it's ego, uh, It's in the, in the opposite is happening here. And I think that John Lynch, you know, a lot of people when he came in off at, at a you know, former player in the media, it's like, well, that's not where a GM comes from. Well, Mike Mayock has shown you that's not true also. And Lynch, um, it kind of reminds me of what happened in Buffalo a little bit too. Coach and GM quickly got the right players in place to give Shanahan the right kind of players he needed for his offense. Where other teams, you're into the year three or four of a GM and a coach, and like, oh, we're still missing like all these key ingredients to functionally operate on a Sunday. It's like, can you please get your act together? Not the case in San Francisco. <laughs> all right. That's what's happening in the news. All right. As promised, one of our favorites in the Football cognoscenti. It just so happens that he uh, is a colleague of ours with NFL Network, the great Brian Baldinger, better known as Baldy. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Baldy. Good to join you guys, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, you know, we, we've kicked this season off. It doesn't feel like it, I think, but um, <laughs> it is officially kicked off. So uh, I, you know, at least there's some news to talk about here and and we could kind of get into the league a little bit more than you know what we've done over the last four months. Yeah, we could definitely get into the league, but I, I definitely want to start because you know we've all been with NFL media uh, for years now, and and Baldy is something of a legendary figure behind the scenes at NFL media because you're so well known for your globe trotting and your adventures. And I was just wondering <laughs> if during the, this this COVID nineteen pandemic, which has kept us all. Uh, you know, sheltered in place for the most part. Uh, if if this were not if this were normal times, would you be on a beach in Bali somewhere? You know, <laughs> chewing tape on, on on a beach and while supermodels dance around you in front of a bonfire. Like, <laughs> is are you missing out on that type of baldy type yeah. adventure in twenty twenty? I am. I mean, I, I missed out. I was I was all scheduled on a trip to to uh, Romania. I was going to Bucharest. Uh, it was the hidden jewel of uh, Eastern Europe. Hadn't been there. One of the 68 countries. I mean, I've only been to 68 countries, so I'm trying to get some more notches on that. I canceled that one. I had a trip with my mom to Sicily. Had to cancel mm. that one. I just wanted to go for the cannolis, honestly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I could have gotten there. My mom probably would have bagged the trip, but I, I would have gone. I didn't know if I could get back. I have friends that yeah. are stuck there, which is not a bad place to be stuck. But. Your uh, mom- the only person who still calls you Brian, your mom. 
She's still <laughs> five. Yeah. So um, she's still, she's the lone she's the lone one left. But you know, when you're when your mom can call you really anything she wants, which goes by the first name. I feel like no virus can totally contain Baldy though. And I do see your back your backgrounds. You're at NFL Films, so yeah. you're back you're back in the building. They couldn't keep you out, I guess, no. for too long. No, I'm on the list every day. Every day I'm on the list here. Um, uh, I, you know, they take my temperature. I guess my temperature every day. I'm, I'm somewhere between ninety-seven point seven and ninety-seven point nine. I guess my temperature every day. I follow the guidelines here, but I'm, I'm on the third floor. Honestly, there's two guys in IT that are there. Thank goodness because they help me out, and that's it. So I feel like I've got my own floor, mm. my own desk, it's a dream, my, my own film library. I mean, really. I, mean, I, I joke with people about this situation that we're in, about practicing, you know, social distancing. I'm like, I practice, I practice social distancing every day up here, you know, and everybody wants to come into the film room. And usually what happens is they fall asleep and I kick them out and I don't let them come back in. Mm. So, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that really haven't changed all that much for me here. But, um, you know, obviously we're, we're through some, some trying times. So I'm not, I'm not being cavalier about it, but. Really, I mean, I've allowed, I've kind of haven't really changed my lifestyle much at all. And you're right, I haven't. They haven't really been able to contain me. I've been going all over the country, been going to a bunch of different camps over the last couple of weeks. I was at the uh, a quarterback camp for high school players, the top high school quarterbacks mm. in the country in Indianapolis. I saw Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, and and honestly, the wave of quarterbacks that are going to come our way here pretty soon, they are they are advanced. I mean, they. Mm. They've been well coached by a lot of people. Wow. Give us the next Joe Burrow that no one has even heard of yet. <laughs> uh, good, 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 good question, Dan. I tell you, uh, this Caleb Williams, who's the number one high school recruit in the country out of Washington, D.C., he's going to Oklahoma. He's coming up on his senior year. I, I sat him in the film room, and there wasn't anything that he couldn't spit back at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the game, but I, if you put him in Indianapolis at this year's combine, you might have thought, that he could throw the ball with Joe Burrow every day, any day. I mean, you take the names off the back of the jerseys. I mean, this guy is 6'3", 220, and he's got a cannon, but he's smart. He knows where to go with the ball. I mean, he's we'll be talking about him in probably like three or four years right now. Mm. I, You know, I, Baldy, I think the last time I saw you in person, and this was um, a chance run-in, was it at the Century City Mall here in Los Angeles? And I um, – <laughs> Had, it was a day off from work. I had just come out of seeing uh, Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. And I'm not sure that I, you asked what I had watched. I'm not sure that I was honest with you about what I'd seen because I was, you know, I'm dealing with that still on this show. But uh, good film. But that feels like a different time. We can't do any of that these today's. But we can we can still discuss some of these issues. we got a lot to get to. And I, I want to ask, because we were talking a little bit of 49ers, because John Lynch, they just gave him the extension. I have been super pro Kyle Shanahan on this show for a long time. And tell me if you think I'm right or wrong when I just think that he is the greatest in-game play caller that the NFL has today. um, And that I am, I'm not seeing a, I I think the ceiling for Jimmy G has not been found because of his coach and because of the way that he calls offense. I completely agree. Uh, You know, look, Kyle is, I mean, obviously he's been trained by his dad. He's been around it his whole life. But I, I think that Jimmy G and any quarterback that would ever play for him, from Matt Ryan, you, you name a guy that's uh, played for him, they're, they're always going to get challenged. They're going to get challenged every day in practice, during the games, um, how he calls a game. I mean, there's just a rhythm to it. There's, uh, there is a, 
a next level of how he – the run game is amazing. Um, you go back and you watch him against Carolina this year. I mean, there were plays they didn't block Luke Keekley, but they knew they weren't going to block him. They mm-hmm. knew the play action and the motion and um, the quarterback play fakes were going to take care of one of the premier players in this league. I, I think that the play action game that he has is as creative and innovative as we – not as we have in the game today, but as we've ever seen in the mm-hmm. game throughout the history. I mean, he's just a, a difference maker. Um I, I think that the best is yet to come. And, and people can point to the fourth quarter of this most recent Super Bowl game or the Super Bowl against New England. You could you could point fault at Kyle and some of the things that he might have done wrong. Um, but it's not going to – it really – I know it irks fans of those teams, but I don't think it irks him. I, I don't think he stays up at night thinking about the play call that he could have done uh, with Jimmy G this year or Matt Ryan, you know, four or five years ago. I I think he's just looking for the next game um, to try to to try to win, and I, I don't think it's going to change whether it's regular season or postseason or Super Bowl. Hmm. I want to uh, talk about uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you did an NFL Network hit today, I believe, where you discussed their front seven and how it played as well as any front seven in the entire league in the last six weeks. Uh, and everyone knows what's going on on the offensive side of the ball with Tom Brady there. Do the Bucks to you, and you you study all these teams uh, as well or better than anybody? Are the Bucks one of those teams that to you is a little bit under the radar as a, a a Super Bowl contender? You know, you have the teams that are the obvious contenders, but can the Buck the Bucks have the talent and the ability? You think and the coaching to maybe go on a run? Or, and are there any other teams that you've been studying that's like, wow, this team is way better than people realize? Well, I think Tampa. You know, I, 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 to watch them play football the last six weeks, they scored four defensive touchdowns. Um, you know, they brought everybody back. And so if you look at JPP and Shaq Barrett on the edges and you look at Vita Vea and Ndamukong Sue, Ndamukong Sue has never missed a game. I know he's been suspended. He's never missed a game. I mean, he's a complete pro. So a guy like Vita Vea watches Ndamukong Sue, how he takes care of himself, how he prepares, how he gets his body ready. I mean, he is a Polynesian power, just a tsunami <laughs> of power inside. No one guy can block him. And, and then if you look at what really Devin White did, the second half of the season. I mean, he's going to be the Pro Bowl middle linebacker for a long time. Hmm. Next to Levante David, that front, coached by a very good coordinator, Todd Bowles. Yeah, that's right. Todd Bowles, baby. Well, I, look, I know people, <laughs> Todd Bowles in New York, I mean, they think, but Todd Bowles has always been a uh, – I, I think he knows how to communicate, and I think he knows how to really put players in great positions to make plays. And he's got a lot of talent. Now, you can say the back end, okay, the back end – all they did was they made their mistakes. They played a ton of young guys, rookies, second-year players last year. Uh, Jamal Dean, you go through the list of all the guys. I think they're just going to get better. In the front, everybody knows that everybody's back end of their defense plays better when the front is dominant. And so, look at Tom Brady. I mean, you, you, you look at – they had seven pick sixes last year, including the final play of the season against the Falcons in overtime. That's how their season ended. With Jameis Winston throwing a pick six. Might still be on the team if he didn't throw that ball. What's that? I think he might still be on the team if he didn't throw that ball. I really I mean, do. Season ended on a pick six. I mean, seven. That's never been done. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks that have dubious distinctions in the 100-year history of this league. But seven <laughs> pick sixes, it's hard to do. And they're seeing <laughs> that way. And we know that Tom Brady, if he throws one, he's not sleeping for a week. And he's just going to make up for it. So – 
I mean, I think if you, if you cut down on the mistakes on offense, if you look at what they're bringing back on defense, and if anybody knows Bruce Aarons, I know y'all do, but he's the anti-Belichick. I mean, you can get a great joke from Bruce Aarons 10 minutes before kickoff. I mean, he's just now he's going to jump the officials. He's not going to be happy during the game, but he's loose all week. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, the thing that always irked me as a player is when coaches would tell you all week long, you know, go back, you know, like all week long, they're just all tight. They're worried. You know, they're, they're, they're like they're scared of their own shadows. And then the pregame speeches go out and have fun. Well, I'm going to go <laughs> and tell players to go out and have fun every day. I, I think Brady's going to love them. Now, he may, he may not love the, the exact culture right now, but he'll. I've already talked to Ryan Jensen about Tom Brady. He gets a dissertation every day he's with him on 30 minutes on just snapping the football. You know, where he wants the towel, what, like how damp he wants the towel that he wears, where the laces need to be, shotgun, under set. I mean, he gets a dissertation right. on snapping the ball. I mean, this is what you're going to get from Brady. Right, you're going to get an offensive line coach along with quarterback because, and I do think there is a concern with their line. You know, the tackle positions. We'll see if you know the rookie works out worse. We'll see if Donovan Smith plays a little better. But ultimately, Brady is going to make them look better. He always does. He makes his line better. I I think how he would want like a longer offseason. He's tried to have it with the workouts that he have. But Paul, do you you've been in the league, you know, as a player. You've been in this broadcasting business for over 20 years now, too. So you're a vet. You've been to these camps a ton. Like, we're never going to see an August like this. I, I guess I, I'm wondering, as someone who's been there, who knows what it's like to prepare for a season, what do you think is going to happen in a – let's say it all goes well. Like, it goes how they want to. Mm-hmm. you got about two weeks, really, to get ready. Two or three weeks, you got a couple weeks where you're actually tackling in, in pads. Like, what do you think is going to be the fallout of that sort of run up to, to a season? Well, even before this pandemic, I mean, nobody was playing in August. And so September was the new August. You know, I mean, we saw a lot of bad football. We saw the Patriots get off to horrendous starts, one and two starts, oh, and two. We saw them get off to bad starts. And then fit, and they used September to really fix what was broken and figure out the best way to win football games. I mean, they were, I mean, they, they were the poster child for being able to do that. So if that was the way it was before this pandemic, and we're looking at basically six weeks now to ratchet up for the season, I think the teams that handle the next six weeks the best are going to get up to the best start. But regardless of what kind of start we see, I mean, October is going to be the new September. I mean, we may not see really good football until October this year. Hmm. Because we're going to get a lot of injuries. We're, you know, we're, I mean, whoever I mean, I could look at everybody's starting lineup. I, I doubt anybody's going to start their twenty-two that they have right now uh, lined up. I mean, we're just going to see injuries because they're just not going to get battle tested. Now, I talked to some teams like the Eagles. Um, they're going to have two scrimmages. You know, once you put the pads on, starting August seventeenth. I mean, they 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 want to try to get to as much full speed contact and work. And I'm sure other teams have other things planned. I'm sure. Jim Harbaugh is not going to go, you know, three weeks right. without a lot of contact. I mean, it's just who he is. But so, I mean, teams are going to do it differently. But how you handle these next six weeks, how you come out of it, you know, from a COVID-19 positive negative stance, how you come out of it injury-wise, how you get the bodies ready to play, how you get teams prepared to play at high levels starting September 10th or the 13th, whenever you start. I mean, whoever does that the best 
is going to get off to a good start um, and get off to the best start. And I think it's going to be really important this year. Baldy, thank you so much for joining us. You really are like the Tony Stark of NFL media, <laughs> jet setting ways, but I also no one's better in the business realm. Jump into, give me a suit. <laughs> I love Tony. Absolutely. Stark. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Follow Baldy everywhere. He's the best in the business. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thank guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Thanks, Baldy. I I do remember him like on doing some Fox games, and I was in college. So Baldy's been a part of our lives. Oh yeah, for a long time before he was colleagues. Um. All right, that was excellent. So, this, uh, boys and girls, you could come back now, Ricky. This brings an end to uh, my time uh, here in Texas. I just want to uh, say thank you to Bill O'Brien for having me here uh, in his attic. Things did calm down after last week's issues, and uh, and I look forward to heading back to L.A and rejoining you guys in the same city tomorrow. And I want to also thank, of course, the Gatesville Messenger. Oh, yeah. Gave me. Not not this headline. Not vehicle theft leads to extensive manhunt. That's next. Suspect shoots. A little deputy. worried. Have they, no. they found this guy or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because the Zeusers on the front page of the Gatesville Messenger this week. Uh, it's been great uh, being here. I look forward to returning. And... Um, and we'll be back as a group, maybe Friday. Are we planning Friday show? Did we ever decide that? Not sure. Maybe. I think it's a probable. It's a probable, assuming we have. We may be a mini show, if if, if so be, if that's all we have. Yeah. You know, so, news uh, warrants is what I'm saying. We thrive at no mini network shows. show. Exactly. So make sure uh, to tune in for that. And thank you to everybody for listening. Um, until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Yeah, I said mailman because he's with us. He always is. Till maybe Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you I'm late. I'm late. Three very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. Get in zone, so what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. And what about my old battery? 
we can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.